All right. And when I sat down in front of the microphone and Phoenix Kalita was on their way to the uh, adjacent microphone, I was thinking, all right, going to call this not just the privileged ones, part one. But I didn't see that phrase as widespread when I began searching it. But I just noticed it in the comments section of this YouTube upload where it looked like the way it hit, I was like, oh, is this is this the talking point? You know, because uh, under this YouTube upload on a uh, a channel that uh, they call themselves Nordic Model Now exclamation, like as if they're democracy now, right? <laughs> democracy now has the exclamation after the now. You're not democracy now. Yeah. The, <clears throat> and they have an upload and two of the uh, comments uh, the first one, exactly two years ago, is, uh, quote, it's really important to hear these voices, too. Not just the privileged ones. <laughs> okay. And then Pseudo Nomad also leaves a comment saying, we need to listen to all SWs and survivors, dot, dot, dot. Not just the privileged ones. Right. And I was like, ah, well, let's hear him out. Let's see what uh, we are essentially setting up Phoenix Kaleeder reactions. Yeah. Which, if y'all have been around Phoenix Kaleeder as much as I have, you realize that that's all the show prep you need. <laughs> have Phoenix Kaleeder show up, put some stupid shit in front of Phoenix Kaleeder's face, and Phoenix Kaleeder will react. Show prep, not necessary. Aww. I didn't have to read anything but the video title, which is, quote, They say that legalization makes prostitution safe. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, well, let's start with that already. Um, that's already a riff right there. Because we are not asking for legalization. We are asking for decriminalization. And those are two very different models. And the fact that they are... Um, still to this day so disingenuous about that is just wild to me um, but they are essentially banking on the average person not knowing that there is a distinction between legalized and decriminalized because there is an assumption that they're they mean the same thing because if you're legal then you're also not a criminal right in theory in reality though it's um, actually kind of similar to um, how they're legalizing marijuana right now and a lot of states marijuana is technically speaking legal but you have to follow the legal parameters um, a lot of states have a rule that you can't have more than one ounce on you at a time you can't um, you know you, you're allowed to grow your own plants but you can only grow a certain number of plants like I think it's uh, like I think in our state it's like five or seven plants maybe but yeah. um, Point being, if you have two ounces on you, if you have, you know, 50 plants, you are now still criminalized because you did not operate within the confines of what was legal. And that's kind of um, very similar to sex work in that sense that what we we don't want legalization because under legalization models, sex workers still don't have as much power as they need. They still don't have as many rights as they need. And for various reasons, there's always going to be sex workers who can't work legally, right? Um, in Texas, they wanted to, even though you're a legal adult at 18, they wanted to make it illegal to work in a strip club unless you're 21. So if you're 19 and you're a stripper, even though you're legally do, you know, doing a type of sex work that's legal, you're still working um, from a criminalized standpoint. 
Uh, if you are a migrant, you know, an immigrant, and you don't necessarily have uh, the right paperwork together, um, you can be working in a criminalized way. Uh, some places in their legal model, uh, you have to work in a brothel or you have to work in a red light district. If you can't afford to get to the red light district, you're working in an illegal way. Um, if you can't get hired at a brothel, which let's be honest, most brothels are not run by sex workers themselves, uh, you are working in an illegal way. So yeah, we want decriminalization, not legalization. And they're still telling these lies, I see. All right, fine. Yeah, they can't help it, you know, like uh, comparing it to the um, the the evil devil weed, cannabinoids and whatnot, tetrahydrocannabinols, reefer. Uh, let's compare that, right? Uh, let's say I'm I'm like, you know what? Got to change industries. Getting into sex work. Let's do this, right? Changing industries. I need a different schedule. This is the work that I'm gonna do. I've done customer service right uh there's a degree of physicality to the labor mm -hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and get into this and let's say in this state it's uh i have i have the right to do so much like the reefer i get the reefer i bring it onto this uh property and then i go inside behind the closed door and i chief it if i chief it on the porch the police felt it's gonna be like, hey man, can't be doing that mm -hmm. on the porch. If I was doing sex work, I would bring the client into my office. Let's use the word office, mm -hmm. right? It's work. Bring them in the office. We're gonna have a meet and greet. If I do that on the porch, the police fellers are gonna be like, hey man, zip it up, not on the porch. Right. Take your reefer inside, take your sex work inside, I am a cop. I am ethical. <laughs> it's how they might handle that. I mean, that's a little bit generous, but yes, point <clears throat> taken. <laughs> I'm just saying. Too generous? Uh, yes. All right. I, I think they would be a little bit more um, extreme than that. Oh, just, just a little. Just a little. Just a little. They might, okay, they might wag their finger while they talk. Maybe. Yeah, and, and then they might they may only give me two cookies instead of three. I've heard they do that on give a lot cookies. of stops. I've never been cookies by give, been given cookies by a police officer, so <laughs> I don't know, man. Cinnamon rolls, I don't know what it is they're carrying. They got a lot of stuff on that belt. They do. It's like <laughs> Batman up in here. <laughs> Alright, so that was all just off the title. I told y'all this is how it goes uh, with Phoenix the Leader. It's rude. Alright, so let's let's hear these folks of who are and to make this work internally, we have to suspend disbelief. Is that what it is? Okay. Because this could just be anybody with a script, <laughs> right? But let's believe that these are folks that have done sex work. Yep. All right. Mm, okay, their decibels are wicked low. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My goodness, uh, Nordic model now. What, what are you bringing to the table here? Legalization makes prostitution safe. And also it says they say that. Who is they? Because that's not what sex workers say, and those are the people you're supposed to be listening to. 
But yeah. whatever. Fine. Whoever they is. <laughs> all right. Come on. Trying to get them things together with this. Uh, they just... With all the money these anti-sex work folks get, mm -hmm. can you get a decent microphone and learn how to turn up the decibels? They could, but they don't have to. They don't have to. Legalization makes prostitution safe. There we go. We could give as many lessons on sexual consent as we like, but as long as it remained legal for anyone to go online, or drive down a street and buy a woman, or often a girl. Uh, no, I'm gonna All let right. her finish All her right. goofy ass sentence. All right. The confusion would remain, and that confusion filters through to our homes, schools, and workplaces. So once again, they're blaming sex workers for male behavior, which I find to be fascinating because on the one hand, they're always like, 90% of people, what were the stats last time we were reading that article? 90% of the women in it are trafficked and want to leave. 80% of them start when they're children. They're all victims. And the ones who don't know they're victims just refuse to accept that they're victims yet. They're all victims, right? That's your premise. But now also, sex workers are nothing but victims, but it's now our fault that men are domestic abusers at home? Like, the existence of, like, did, did domestic violence not exist before OnlyFans? Like, honestly? Honestly? So, so the anti-sex worker folks have the same mentality regarding uh, male behavior as Louis Farrakhan. Remember, Louis... <laughs> That's only funny because it's absolutely true, but like, I know that was just jarring for someone to hear right now. <laughs> oh man, it's absolutely true though. Yeah, some of you folks may have not have uh, heard that clip and sometimes it's, these dudes give a lot of speeches and I'm gonna keep it official. I am Negro black. Some of y'all may know that about me. And Negro black media, can be hard as hell to search and source. Yeah. It can be so hard. But I remember hearing this um, via uh, Elon James White's old program, uh, This Week in Blackness. Uh, he was sitting with Imani Gandhi and um, known domestic abuser, Aaron Rand Freeman. Ironically. <laughs> yep. And, um, and they were playing um, the... Farrakhan audio, mm -hmm. where this was the argument that Farrakhan made that if women walk down the street wearing provocative clothing, then a man is going to see you in that provocative clothing mm -hmm. and then verbatim quote, go home and hurt a child. Mm -hmm. Now, let's... Let's run it back 10 seconds. We're at 28 seconds. Let's run that back to 18 and listen to homegirl again. Or drive down a street and buy a woman or often a girl. The confusion would remain. And that confusion filters through to our homes, schools, and workplaces. And that is from... So the, the, name, the words on the screen say... Mia de Feyoite, mm -hmm. comma, sex trade survivor, allegedly. I just want to know, um, 
like who she talked to so like did your because apparently if you were in the sex trade did your clients come to you and be like i hope you know after this i'm gonna go home and like molest a child because you're doing this like is that like were they telling her this that's something all that's something men always say forthwith yeah <sighs> right like i hey not not once have i even walked past a catholic church and the priest is just hanging out the window like, you know how I get down, boy. Like, get the fuck out of here. Men don't say that out loud. Men don't even like saying the word rape, and they wrote the fucking laws. That's actually very, very true. Keep it official. Uh, yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm just once again fascinated that sex workers are like, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, empowered in a Schrodinger type of way. We're both like ultimately disenfranchised and not even able to speak for ourselves but we're also apparently the cause for um mass rape rape culture sexual abuse and molestation of children at the same time all right schrodinger all right yeah it's um it's hodinger's philosophical class hodinger's philosophical class i can get down with it got him Ooh, oh is is this an additional voice and keep in mind these are not just the privileged ones. Oh, that's why they're pulling in people with accents. Oh, do Americans sound too hoity-toity? Um, well, because the, cause the U Nordic model now is like a UK-based one, so they love to pull in like sex workers from other places in Europe to be like, they got trafficked here, whether they were trafficked or not. Do these folks, do they sound like New Zealand to you? I don't know all the accents. The one that was just talking? Yeah. That sounded Eastern European to me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm I'm bad. I'm bad on it. I'm just like, oh, these are white people with buckles in their shoes. Like that's just how they all sound. To <laughs> they me. all sound like pilgrims to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, we're still stigmatized when the men who pay to bypass sexual consent have been decriminalized, and our pimps who financially exploit the situation are legitimized as just regular business operators and ah. The, they bypass consent? Oh, yes, because according to them, um, apparently, because, well, sex work is not allowed to be work, so you're not allowed to exchange uh, goods or service, like goods or money in exchange for services, you know, like every other job. So because sex work is not allowed to be work, it's automatically rape whether you consent to the transaction or not. Let's apply that logic to everything. So staying I mean, in a hotel is basically colonizing. It's colonizing, it's um, domestic trafficking, it's uh, like all those things. But I think what fascinates me from the sex worker, I've just looked up that person's name and I couldn't find them. Um, but uh, what's fascinating in particular from the anti-sex work perspective is that they only apply it to sex work because if you apply that to any other type of work, suddenly capitalism falls. Because if your argument is that forcing people to go to work is slavery and trafficking, then that means, well, yeah, every industry. But of course they never apply it to any other industry outside of sex trafficking ever. But um, also just the fact that they're arguing that um, sex workers can't consent. I can't begin to express how actually dangerous that notion is for sex workers, because then you will have people who will be like, well, I know that, uh, whatever, like, uh, for example, you agreed to give me a hand job, but because you're a sex worker and you're not allowed to have boundaries, I get to, you know, rape you in the ass now. 
Like, there are people who do have that mentality. And also, not just, I want to point out, not from a client perspective, because people are like, oh, well, that just means the men are violent. It's from a social perspective. So that means now if something does happen to you and report to police, you have to explain to police that you had boundaries and you had the right to say no. That's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Should somehow, God willing, it go to a trial if someone assaults you, you now have to explain to a jury of your peers that no, they're wrong, you are allowed to have boundaries and you did not consent to that particular sex act to 12 strangers who think that you're, well, raw materials, I think was what they said in their article about yeah. sex workers. Um you know, and it really does create like an incredible amount of stigma and you can see it online. Like how many people will say, um, you know, will you deserve this to happen to you because you're a sex worker or a sex worker will say, uh, you know, I didn't consent to this situation I was in. And it doesn't have to be sex work related. I've seen sex workers talk about being in um, abusive situations at home. I've seen sex workers talk about being harassed because someone knows they're a sex worker. And like people on social media will just straight up say, well, you deserve that because you're a sex worker. You should get harassed walking to your job if you're a sex worker because sex workers aren't allowed to have boundaries. It's an incredibly dangerous thing to argue that you're not allowed to have boundaries because you do sex work and there is no um other group of people that they would argue this for or about and i just like want to point that out like nobody is going to go up to someone who's in um you know a domestic violence situation and say well you stayed after he hit you the first time you just have to tolerate him hitting you anytime no one would say some shit like that to anybody else but let it be a sex worker and suddenly it's okay because they are obsessed with dehumanizing sex workers there's some people that would say that well, there are some their, people their, that would their, say their that. Their wording would be turn the other cheek. Hmm. Pray mm. on it. Yeah. So yeah, there are some people who would say that, but definitely oh, not yeah. um, with the context that they would say it to sex workers. And there is something like really frustrating that these organizations that are supposed to help sex workers are using some of the most dehumanizing and degrading language about them. Yeah, at least they purport themselves as being supposed to help sex workers. Right. Right. Well, not just the privileged ones. Because you see, there's privileged sex workers. They have, and and what is privilege? Unearned advantage. I always mm -hmm. go with that very narrow definition, but mm -hmm. maybe I should look the word up again and broaden out that definition. But uh, yeah, you see, the unearned advantage of sex work, which exists because capitalism does, right? If capitalism existed, there wouldn't be a profit motive. There wouldn't be this hustle and bustle to rushle and pay bills. Mm -hmm. It right? certainly wouldn't exist the way it does now, for sure. Yeah, huh? There might still yeah. be, like, somebody who's well, just like, well, just a little ringle-dingle for a tingle-pangle or whatever yeah, the fuck it is like, folks yeah, are doing. There would be, like, more interpersonal uh, interactions, but it would not be, like, the way it is now. But that's also, you know, yeah, when you have to literally pay to be alive, well, you know. Yeah, well, like, y'all don't, like, I was just standing next to, like, I, I don't know what every sex worker's shift was like yesterday. But I know that on my shift, I saw about four people stop what they were doing on the line and go to get band-aids because they were cutting the shit out of their hands working with um, uh, unsanded sharp metals. Ew. You see, but they're not being exploited. That's They're not being harmed at their job. You know, I worked with a cat 
You know what? Phoenix Kalita said, do not say this cat's name. Phoenix Kalita didn't actually say that, but I figure I would get in trouble if I do. And I want to keep this job. So <laughs> I worked with a cat in the factory. <laughs> um, this is real deal. And I would go out, if someone dare say I'm lying, I would go out of my way to find this man to bring him on the show to tell his story. He's working a shift. The shifts can be 8 to 12 hours. Somewhere in the early point of the shift, this cat reaches in a machine because they don't like when the machines stop. They want you to stop it, to fix it, to keep it running, but they don't want it to stop really because they want the product to keep running. Mm -hmm. Reaches in to try to fix the problem and keep it running, tip of the finger, right off. Ew. They happen to catch it, get it in a bag and ice fast enough, boom, off to the little medical joint sewn back on but the eight hours wasn't over yet and they said you're gonna get fired if you don't finish the eight hours with the tip of your finger sewn back on now i don't know <laughs> what a sex worker shift was like that day but maybe that didn't happen it's ex <sighs> it's exploitation and this is with a union Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. Under the Ooh. um, the like uh, the it, it was like a, a farm related union because mm -hmm. it's uh, because we do work with like wheat and stuff like that. Yeah. When I was in that factory. Yeah. So yeah, this is with a union. That's not promising at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, no. The only real exploitation is sex work, you see. But of course, well, you know my theory about that. So. <laughs> you know what? Say say it again. There's always Which, a new listener. Sure. Is that um I genuinely truly from my heart of heart um believe that a lot of the reason that people have so much animosity towards sex workers is because they can't openly access them and degrade them the way that they feel they deserve to be graded to be degraded right so we have a society that's very much based on social hierarchies we have a society where people who have money and people who have social respectability feel that they are absolutely entitled to shit on people who are beneath them whether that's um, financially whether that's people who lack the same amount of social respectability and so when you get to like um, service workers, uh, people who work in factories, um, you know, because there's a lot of disparaging comments of blue about blue-collar workers. There's, like, a video... I, I can't even be count how many videos I've seen of people going in and, um, like, verbally abusing their cashiers at a fast-food restaurant or, you know, like a Walmart or a Target, you yeah. know, trying to get people fired, make people cry. Um, I've heard people who've worked in call centers talk about how people have spoken to them and those people feel it's appropriate to talk to workers who are beneath them in that way, but they can't directly access sex workers because in order to access a sex worker, you have to be a client. And for them to be a client means you're being like some big, weird, sexual pervert. So they will never like pay to go into a brothel, but trust they want to treat sex workers who are in that brothel a certain way. They want to, if they see a sex worker standing outside on the street, they want to stop and talk to that sex worker a certain way, but they don't want to be assumed to be a client. Uh, when they see, the best they can do is see like uh, the people who do cam work online and be like in their comment sections, but 
you know, these people actually very much want to degrade sex workers, very much want to insult sex workers to put them in their place on the social hierarchy, and they just don't have access. Because anyone can go into a McDonald's and yell at a cashier, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? Anyone can find, um, you know, a factory worker or a call center worker. Anyone can go report uh, to the, you know, call the manager on your barista at Starbucks or whatever your coffee place is, or your waitress. You know what I'm saying? Like, or um, you can yell at your nanny or your all pair if you have one. You can yell at, you know, the, we have what Molly maids out here who come once a week to come clean your house. You have direct access to be in those people's faces and yell at them. What? You don't like the name Molly maids? I didn't Chris, name it. Chris Lee just unironically said Molly maid. That's the we name don't... of a company for real. Oh my God. I did yeah. not know that. Cause yeah. when I was in foster care, I used to hear that so much. Yeah. Like when you go to like a, uh, your friend's house and and they're going through the classic thing of like, yeah, I'm kind of getting yelled at while doing chores. Mm -hmm. And you hear, I'm not your Molly maid in yeah. the background. Yeah, no, literally there is um, a company called Molly Maids and they'll come and like, you know, the maids that come to your house and clean it for the day. I've been too poor to know about that kind of stuff. I clean. Well, we they had cars, okay? They have company cars, and I saw the name. Oh, Molly Maid. Yeah, so Molly Maid. I heard Maze. that so many times in the 90s. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was a company in the 90s. I didn't really notice them until, like, later in the 2000s, but it is absolutely a company. Yeah, you just took my brain off topic. <laughs> my bad. Oh, yeah, because so, I, I, I was thinking so much when you were talking. I was like... My goodness, I want to make a slippery slope argument. Be and I guess it would have to stem from, like, if you can accept this premise, which may be hard for some folks to accept, but this culture we're in, we basically are in an iteration of Western culture, mm. right? Bunch of wannabe Spartans. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and written into this culture, like, as it has... Um, progressed over the years right through Europe across the transatlantic forced into this hemisphere forced down there into Australia mm -hmm. uh, what they call Australia now mm -hmm. news a lot of these places you have to put so-called because <laughs> a European just sewed up and said I'm gonna call it this now yeah and I'm gonna call these people that live here this thing right like yeah forget, forget, all right, forget about it but the um <clears throat> But, like, written into this culture, definitely where we are now, written into it is sadism, mm -hmm. sociopathy, mm -hmm. and narcissism mm -hmm. are written into it. And when you're in a culture where those three character traits are just a part of it, what you're talking about, what Phoenix Lee's talking about with, uh, with um, abusing folks that are beneath you, slippery slope. It's slippery slope time, right? Because, like, you got that McDonald's worker. It's like, man... Yeah, it's not as fun as it used to be mm. yelling at the McDonald's worker. Yeah, I hit the Burger King worker. You know what? Okay, let me let me bump up to the the waiter, the waitress because mm -hmm. it must be gendered at the at the Red Lobster. Yeah. Let me bump it up there. Let me I'm going to insult that one. Man, that's not You know what? Let me go down to the city. I'm going to yell at city council. I'm going to yell at city <laughs> council and school boards, right? And it just keeps going to the point where you're like, "You know what? It's January 6th. I'm about to just storm the Capitol. I got, <laughs> I got to do it. Put my feet right. on Pelosi's desk. Yeah, and it's and like, and as you're saying, but with sex workers, there is no Capitol building you can storm. Mm -hmm. There's no storefront. They're not coming to your table to take your order. And if they're not, um, what's the best language? Street based. Mm -hmm. That's the best language. Mm -hmm. 
if they're not street based, you can't just go to their house, their apartment. You'll get arrested for trespassing. You can't do that. Yep. And that probably drives them straight up it. Because then what makes you even angrier is that you go on the internet where now you can be rude to everybody. Mm-hmm. And you see the sex worker saying that they want rights for their work <laughs> and they're not miserable and crying every day doing it. You should be miserable and crying mm-hmm. because me, narcissist, sociopath, sadist. And I can't make you miserable and cry because I can't have access to you unless I'm a client and I don't want to be a client. Yeah, so, that yeah. was all in my head before you said Molly made. <laughs> Sorry about the Molly <laughs> maids, but, but yeah, no, I really, I really genuinely do believe that because if, you know, there was... You know, like for, I know it sounds weird, but just as a hypothetical, like if there were brothels and they had a front desk and anyone could go into the front desk, Lord have mercy. These people would be at the front desk doing their best to ruin someone's day and make them cry. But again, if you are not um, a customer, you don't necessarily have that same direct access. It's not like walking into um, a coffee house and you can directly see the barista in front of you. Like you could probably reach out and touch them at certain points. It's not which like, they do. which they do. It's not like being at the restaurant where someone like physically comes up to your table and you can yell at them if you want to. It's not the same as going to uh, a grocery store and like yelling at the cashier that's right in front of you. And I think that these people are absolutely incensed about that. And like, they are just livid that they can't treat sex workers the way that they feel sex workers should be treated. Yeah, imagine the look on their faces when the Waffle House employee caught the chair. Oh yeah. They're like, oh no. Okay, not Waffle House anymore. <laughs> not Waffle House anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, oh my goodness. There's still video left. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, a lot of it, too. This oh, is no. what we do. See? See? This is... Put Phoenix Kalita in front of that microphone. <laughs> like, Phoenix Kalita has a very well-informed mind. It's a massive library. And Phoenix Kalita is the librarian over that library. You just have to show up and ask if Phoenix Kalita will... Pop open that Dewey Decimal System and show you a book. Venus Kalita is not going to just walk up to you and start (laughs) spitting out facts from all the books in the library of the Phoenix mind. Right? And like, as Venus Kalita's partner husband person, I'm figuring that out definitely over the past 18 months, more so than the past 10 years. 10 years. You know, and um, and yeah, that's ill. And you gotta, and I used to think like, Ah, is that just something that come? No, there is no something to that. No one is going to just walk around spouting out facts that you may <laughs> randomly want to hear. You have to ask the questions or present bad arguments to them with which they will dig back into that library and say, oh, here's an op-ed that I put together in 2003. Throw that at your face. <laughs> is that what it's like? I'm just always at the reference desk? Yeah. And quick quick on the books you know exactly what shelf what floor don't worry about it all right let's uh see what else they have to say over here at nordic model now exclamation 
decriminalized and our pimps who financially exploit the situation are legitimized as just regular business operators and entrepreneurs. Yeah, we, again, when you, when, you, when you expand that to the rest of the capitalism, then stop, don't call anyone a supervisor, a manager, or a group leader again. Hmm. They're, all They're all pimps. pimps. <laughs> no, no, they will never expand it to anything outside of sex work. And also, like, again, I want to stress, under decriminalization, sex trafficking is still illegal. Decriminalization is for prostitution-related crimes. That is not the same thing. That, again, if I may make the comparison to marijuana again, okay? If you live in a state where it's legal, you can go to a dispensary and buy some if you have proper ID. That, however, does not mean that someone can be outside your dispensary, put a gun to your head, tell you to go in, get it, and then come back out and sell it on the street. Now you're in a trafficking situation. Yeah. You know, certain drugs are, you know, um, legal, like we're talking prescription drugs, right? Marijuana, things like that. That doesn't mean someone is allowed to make you into their drug mule, okay? That's not what that means. And they are just so blatantly dishonest about that. And I think you really hit the nail on the head when we were covering that article that these folks wrote was when you pointed out that, like, if there were actually examples of this happening, they would not stop waving them in your face. Mm -hmm. So I would love for someone to see right now who is advocating for decriminalizing um, trafficking. Not decriminalizing sex work, but decriminalizing trafficking. Who was up here saying, no, you should be allowed to force someone to go and have to uh, exchange sexual acts and then give you the money? Who is arguing that? Name, names, please. Yeah, like outside of like 4chan. <laughs> like, right. Like, yeah, like outside of Nick Fuentes fans, who is really gunning for that? I mean, I bet if you get real deep in the military... There's probably some generals that are like, hey, we need comfort women. Oh, I would not be surprised at all. Right, something I remember learning about in grade five because Mr. Elif used to close the book and tell us the real shit. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Elif. <clears throat> but yeah, like, no, please tell me what sex worker orgs, what sex workers, what sex worker advocates, anyone who's pushing for decrim, like, give me quotes of them saying, and we also want pimps decriminalized, and we want sex trafficking to be decriminalized, and it should be okay to force someone to work for you. Who is saying that? Like, give me the receipts, please. Yeah, and at some point, like, they're gonna start just, like, making fake accounts to say it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, when I I'm so, no, nah, I'm not so glad. It's more like, I'm so like finally like more and more people are not pretending that NAMBLA is a real thing mm, mm -hmm. right and for those that NAMBLA is a made up thing from 4chan trolls N-A-M-B-L-A National American Man Boy Love Association something so, along yeah. the lines of that and that it's just not real it's something literally just made up from 4chan mm -hmm. so that they can try to attach it to um lgbtqia and that's why when you notice when you like you know how you have it kind of written into your brain when you're in your social media and you see a comment that says lgbtqp you know when you see that p you're like a troll block mm -hmm. like those are the kind of people that are pushing that that yeah. are trying to make it seem like someone is actually saying that and they super are just not <laughs> we're gonna have a whole new group of stella mars <laughs> <laughs> oh god 
For the folks who do this, this is an old one. I've been doing this for a while. Uh, there was someone who was going by the name Stella Mar, <clears throat> who said that they were um, trafficked, and basically, um, uh, where they were being trafficked and were like sold to like a college professor, and like were forced to like live in this apartment and never leave, and all these things. Someone actually found her. Um, she was not trafficked. Her husband was in NASA. They were quite well off. Um, and she had actually just had a fling with a professor when she was in college and he sold her the condo. Like he just gave her the condo, but she played it off like I wasn't allowed to leave and it was a gilded cage and I was a kept woman. And So you actually had like an awesome life. <laughs> I, I would like it if someone would buy me a condo. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm hating. You know, in the old sense of the term. Of the term yeah. But yeah, that was a very big thing, was telling all these like wild stories about being trafficked. And um, to my knowledge, none of them turned out to be accurate. Like the, uh, the condo one least of all, because really made it sound like she was locked in this apartment in, I believe, New York City and just not allowed to leave. And then you find out it's like in a super bougie neighborhood. It was in her name and yeah. Yeah, they always they always lie. Like after a while, just there are certain things that I'm just if someone there are lies that I haven't heard yet, but I've heard enough lies that when I hear the new one, I know it's a lie. Mm -hmm. Like, and I wonder if that now we're getting way out. Here comes the tangent. Like, if that speaks to like the um the media literacy training that yeah. my age group got from network television growing up. Yeah. Right. Like we saw like the Coke Pepsi challenge as like an after school special and it was cool. We saw, you know, like a pushing rechargeable batteries and things like that. Uh, we had whole magazines at Camus Prairie Elementary School that you could check out in the library where they just taught you to basically be a skeptic. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I mean, what was that? Nick show the who what where when why yeah who, Nick, Nick like, News was, Now W five yeah, it was who, a kids it was run a kids news show yeah basically yeah and I, I would I watched that that came on so early because my biological mother worked on the military base and she had to be on the shift at like well mad early like six a.m. and so we were out the door by like five to five thirty to the babysitter's house and caught the school bus from the babysitter's house to school. And it was still so early that I could watch Nick News W5 before going to the babysitter's house. Mm. Uh, Francois. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Francois if she's still alive. Had us all in there in that house talking about some Frere Jacques. Frere Jacques. <laughs> something or other. I don't remember. Yeah, right? I don't know all them. I'm not Haitian, nigga. I don't know them words. It's she, French. She wasn't Haitian either. <laughs> but That was French. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't. She wasn't talking good McMurrican English like I does. <laughs> All right, let's let this thing move and groove a little bit more, right? Phoenix Leader has a shift to get to. I have a shift to get to. Phoenix Leader's on the shift because this is swap work. So you're yeah. just doing more swap work. Mm -hmm. I have a whole other company to go to, right? Where you know I'm gonna see more people cut their fingers on the line and. I'm going to see uh, someone get a big old slice down their arm. That's something I saw when I went to one work area where somebody didn't have on a proper arm guard. Mm -mm. All right, here we go.
The only way to think it's okay to abuse us this way is to dehumanize us and believe we deserve it, that it's our choice and therefore our fault. We will never be destigmatized under New Zealand's current prostitution policy. And that is, uh, you saw that, it said, uh, Chelsea, and it's the Chelsea that's E-A. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. Geddes? Geds. Oh, yeah. G-E-D-D-E-S, it looks yeah. like. And, of course, comma, sex trade survivor. Also, did she say New Zealand? Yes. That's fascinating to me to say mm-hmm. that um, sex work can never be destigmatized or um, made safer than what it is right now. Because, um... We've covered the story before, but remember there was a brothel worker who sued her employer for sexual harassment, and she won. Where else is that gonna fucking happen? That... I'm just and, saying. In the other place. In the other place. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man, you're looking for their name. Oh, I'm also looking right now, so something that's just interesting. Um... It says that she worked in legal brothels for 20 years. So was that before or after decrim? Because New Zealand has decrim now. Yeah, if it's 20 years, then definitely before. I'm just curious. Like, again, like their conflation of um, legal and decriminalization is a very intentional thing designed to try to confuse the public. And also after 20 years, I've... The longest I've been at one gig was 12 years. And I didn't switch gigs because it didn't look like I was going to make more money fast enough if I switched gigs. Mm -hmm. Until I found a certain factory job where when I just looked at the layout, like, because they actually walk you through the factory and I'm looking at the staff, the line leads, and the management. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can pull some checks out of this building. (laughs) And it's like, in their 20-year time there, I'm betting they probably saw other industries. And they saw other people that had their domestic background, their class background, their Mm -hmm. educational background, and saw what kind of checks they were pulling in and said, I think I'm going to stay in this brothel another five years, another five years, another five years, Mm -hmm. until it was 20 because I'm betting the other gigs just weren't showing the checks. Because, like, who working class in capitalism doesn't just go to where the bigger check is right. if they're pretty sure they can do the work? Yeah. And also, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm looking down her thing. It's not saying when she was working, so I don't know how much of her time was when it was legal and or when it was de- decriminalized or a mixture of both, so... Yeah, or if it happened at all. Yeah. All right, all right, Chelsea Geddes, sex trade survivor. There is so that air is not in our mix, folks. I'm <laughs> there's so much air in their mix that when I hit pause, you can see it in the decibels. You see that bump right there? Mm-hmm. That's all the air in their mix. This is a horrible recording, and I would note that. In the video description, it says a short film by Egernay Price Davies in which the actors speak the words of sex trade survivors. So this is actually a filmmaker, and this is the best audio you have, huh? Wait, so those... 
Okay, so the people who are reading are not the people who actually wrote the quotes? That they claim, yeah. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a red flag right there. Oh. Because um, that's like, some, that Somali mom used to do that too. All right. Yeah. It's a Nordic flag. <laughs> it's a Nordic flag. Hmm? Ooh, that air. I worked as a stripper and prostitute for three years. I have been exited 10 years and have had chronic PTSD since then. If what those men did to me was recognized as a crime, then I might feel more validated in my pain and able to move on. So I'm certainly not dismissing that people can get PTSD from doing sex work. I do, however, want to note that their obsession with conflating things, they just conflated prostitution with stripping. Those are not the same thing and stripping is not impacted by the Nordic model in any conceivable way and has its own set of legal standards. So again, I just want to point out that there's something really um, intellectually dishonest about the way that they conflate things like legalization and decriminalization, uh, stripping and full service sex work, because it sounds like that's what she's talking about is full service sex work. That's not the same thing as stripping. And so um, the Nordic model as of right now, I mean, I'm sure they want to overreach and apply it to strip clubs too. But as of right now, the Nordic model is about full service sex work. It's not about stripping. So it's kind of weird to put those in the same sentence together. You know what? This person has a response to all of that gobbledygook Phoenix Kalita just said. Mm -hmm. Right now, however, I feel like I'm being gaslighted by society. Fool. Okay. And this one is listed as... Anonymous. Anonymous sex trade survivor. Yep. Good old anonymous quotes. You know, I would want to question these. I would I... want to cue anonymous these quotes. <laughs> I would just point out that um, these people happily put quotes from anonymous sources in their stuff, but if a sex worker organization were to do that, we would be called liars. I, I just want to point that out. Well, because, and I was also like, look at the outlandish things that would be in the quotes that came from a, 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 a pro sex workers rights org. Yeah. The quotes would be things like, these hours work better for me. Yes. Than a 12 hour shift in a factory. These hours help me take care of my kids. These hours, it would be things like, oh, I can get recourse when a cop assaults me. And those are just outlandish and unbelievable claims. Who would say such a Who thing? Who would say such a thing? Um, yeah, but then also that speaks to what I was talking about earlier about how where these people see sex workers on the social hierarchy. You should absolutely not be allowed to work a few hours a day and still be able to take care of your kids. They don't want that. They don't want you to be able to um, be able to work around your chronic illness or a disability or being a caregiver. They don't want you to be able to work around your mental health. Because again, like I, I, can't, I feel like I say this every time I talk about these type of folks is if they were serious about getting people out of the sex trade industry, they would make every other industry better. Start with actual affordable housing and actual living wages. People would leave sex work. They yeah, would, yeah. but why are y'all not advocating for that? Nope, they, they believe in the capitalist ideal of, uh, of monopolizing the time of the unwashed masses. <sighs> Strongly, they just believe that. And quite frankly, it's not surprising they believe that 
go talk to the average person walking around mm. and they a lot of folks just believe that this is just how it's supposed to be we're supposed to be no and when i say we're supposed to be exploited they're not thinking the word exploited yeah they're thinking you're supposed to work hard you're supposed pull to pull yourself, yourself up by your bootstraps yeah <laughs> and i'm just looking at folks like i work with someone right now you know uh you know what let's just say the word you know where we probably are on certain compasses so this person I work with, staunch conservative, mm -hmm. like staunch, like they're the type of conservative that, you know, they'd have on one of those hats right now that are so popular mm. and not, I mean, same color as Fred Durst, but you know, not too limp about the biscuit there. And, uh, <laughs> and this person had, they're pushing 50. They have what some might call white privilege. Some maybe might call it white privilege pushing 50 has been in an area of the nation that has some of the highest working class wages I've seen in my life. Yeah. And some of the most consistent job availability I've seen in my life. Yeah. And this person believes in capitalism. They believe that capitalism is right, but they also can't figure out why the company runs like this. <laughs> like we could have been out of here at 12 but now because of what they did we're here till three and when i say and because i know what kind of ideology i'm talking to i'm like oh you know it seems like they just want to monopolize our time and i try to appeal to their sensibilities and i'd be like mm -hmm. well you know imagine if they didn't do this to your time how much more time you would have to protest Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and go out there and advocate for things you believe in. And they're taking that time from you that you could be doing that. Mm -hmm. Not this woman. She's yeah. like, nah, it can't be that. It's something. I don't know what it is, but it's not that. It's not that. They just can't believe that the capitalist class is monopolizing your time so that when you are off the work, the capitalist class can pump out propaganda to monopolize your mind so that you don't think about why your time is being monopolized. This has turned into some sort of Marxist rant, <laughs> but also we're done with the video clips and I am taking over Phoenix Collider's Swapcast. Mm -hmm. All right. Any closing thought? 49 minutes. We done did good. Damn, we did. Um, yeah, I mean, as always, just really, really look at the language. Ask them to be specific. If they're talking about legalization, ask them to define it. If they're talking about decriminalization, ask them to define it. Um, because, again, the reason that they part of the reason they're so successful with their branding and propaganda is because they intentionally conflate terms and keep people confused. Um, and so, you know, really don't be afraid to ask tough questions. And of course, you'll get the immediate pushback of you don't care about trafficked women and children. I'm like, no, actually, I do care. I care very much. And that's why I want to get all of the facts, get all of the information and then try to find the best path forward from there. Because if you're starting with an incorrect premise, right, it, it's it, it's like a building, right? If your ground floor is wrong, your third floor is going to be fucked up right? You have to get your ground floor together. You have to have all the facts. You have to have all the information and you have to be able to sit down and have these conversations, work through these definitions, understand these concepts before you start talking about, and this is how we can prevent trafficking. This is how we can prevent abuses in the industry. You have to have that, um, that ground floor together. 
and these people are very anti-ground floor, but they're promising you a skyscraper. The skyscraper is not gonna stand up when your, your ground floor is fucked up, when you don't have your cornerstone. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask these people questions. All right, and all of these people, not just the privileged ones. All of these swapusa.org slash donate folks kick one over is it tax deductible it is tax deductible all right yes but of course if you kick over now we're talking like on some 2025 ish okay (laughs) all right don't be silly don't be silly this is a leap year olympics year election year we got a lot of stuff going on (sighs) all right it's an olympics year too yeah, that 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 is oh. what's that's what was so annoying when I was in my twenties and I got into the entertainment news coverage of politics, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, because they do cover important things in the entertainment coverage, yeah, and then it just gets interrupted with some dash someone is running. <laughs> Or whatever, shopping and pudding. I don't care about your shopping and you pudding. Don't care about the shopping I don't pudding. care about swimming. Swimming is trying to not die in a part of the planet where you probably aren't <laughs> supposed to be. All right? You don't have gills. Okay? Swimming is not a whatever. Fine. Just someone's going to be like, it's a sport. I take it very seriously. I don't. <laughs> and I don't want it getting in the way of election coverage. They're arguing about legislation and who they're going to nominate for the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, yes. my God. Speaking of uh, legislation and somehow still swap related, check me out. Yeah. Um. So you know how a bunch of states are doing the uh, you have to show an ID to log into like adult sites online? Oh, what what are we talking? I forget which states have done it so it's far. Like, well, like so Louisiana, it, or they? I think it's like Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia. I think North Dakota has a bill in the works. Texas, like, there's so many states that have bills in the works. I can't even keep them straight anymore. But you'll never guess what's happening as a result. Oh, uh, what? Well, first and foremost, people are buying VPNs like crazy. But also, secondly, there is now a whole little cottage industry around buying fake digital IDs. Like, you can now get a fake digital ID in less than, like, three hours. And selling fake IDs is illegal, I'm guessing. It's illegal, yes. And buying them is illegal. It's illegal. So they basically created a new criminal trade. Yes, they did. (sighs) Yeah, for online. And what was fascinating is that... um, the like so the person who wrote the article about it was using um, Keanu Reeves' picture from John Wick <laughs> to get the IDs, and he got like four fake IDs of John Wick's face, and they and they some of them were actually passing the uh, states that have these bans now. They were like passing as a um, a verified online ID. All right. So yeah. And coming over here off of ArsTechnica.com. Uh, last month, Louisiana became the first state to require an ID from residents to access pornography online. Since then, seven states have rushed to follow Louisiana's footsteps, according to a tracker from Free Speech Coalition, Florida, Kansas, South Dakota, and West Virginia introduced similar laws and laws in Arkansas, Mississippi, and Virginia proper are seemingly closest to passing. Fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm just glancing. I want to see. Uh, so you can get a fake ID for between $15 and $50. That's actually very cheap. 
Um, and this is from 404 Media. They said in our own tests, it, it, the website you can get them from is called Only Fake, by the way. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> ah. uh, in our own tests, Only Fake created a highly convincing California driver's license, complete with whatever arbitrary name, biographical information, address, expiration date, and signature we wanted. The photo even gives the appearance that the ID card is lying on a fluffy carpet, as if someone has placed it there to snap a picture, which many sites requ- require for verification. Uh, I just got an ad, sorry. Um, Which uh, many sites require for verification purposes. 404 Media then used another fake ID generated by the site to successfully step through the identity verification process on OKX, which is a cryptocurrency exchange that has recently appeared in court multiple times because it's used by criminals. So they basically have now created an industry where you can get a fake ID for 50 bucks and a half an hour. For your digital ID, so you can continue looking at sexually explicit content and buy crypto. <laughs> I, yeah. Yep. yep. All right, and that is uh, Nordic model. <laughs> but the thing is, what's important though is that like everybody can access these illegal ideas. All right, no, no not just the privileged ones. <laughs> not. Ah, that's. I, w- I wonder if they're gonna try pushing that talking point. Nordic model now, um, rhetorically, intellectually, we're on your ass. Uh, you came across the desk of the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. Like Phoenix Kalita and I, we are two mean feather muckers <laughs> from out of space, and we're bad. Mean <laughs> green bad. I hope you know that about us. <laughs> And now we finally just hang up the phone. <laughs>